Hello everyone, welcome to Tech Careers in the New, the new podcast series presented by Accenture. I'm your host, Shiladitya Mukhopadhyay. In this podcast series, we'll get you the latest and greatest in the world of technology that's shaping the future of business as we know it. We're talking intelligent platforms, cloud, AI, blockchain, extended reality, and a whole lot more. Every fortnight on Wednesdays, we'll have for you a hot topic with expert speakers from Accenture, talking about top trends in the space, how these are changing the world and creating growth across industries. And more importantly, we'll tell you how you can learn more, build your skills and expertise to grow and stay relevant in your career. So today we are here to talk about data. Data in today's world is a very broad term, but a really interesting topic to talk about. What is data? Essentially the plain facts and statistics collected during the operation of any business. While data itself may not be informative, it's the basis for all reporting, it plays a crucial role in your business, and it of course can't be understated in any way. There's a sort of a data revolution taking place right now across the globe. Whatever the industry may be, it could be things like fashion, automotive, retail, insurance, and pretty much every industry is embracing data a lot more. Data collection platforms themselves have evolved, the internet and network related data is being generated at faster rates than ever before. So what's happening is really that we are overloaded with data and at the same time it's super competitive to use this in the right way. And that's what makes this an interesting opportunity to build a career in a space like this. So here goes to tell us more about this world of data. We have the experts from Accenture, Jayant Swami, Chief Data Architect of the Data Business Group and Namrata Maheshwari, Senior Architect, AWS Data Practice Lead at Accenture. All right, welcome to the show, Jan, Namrata, how are you? Great, uh, great to be here. Thank you so much for making it. I mean, I think uh, we're going to have a fun conversation today. Uh, the, there's a topic of data that we're going to talk about, which is, I think, apart from all the other uh, various forms of uh, way of saying it, I think uh, data is the new oil, as they say, is the one moniker I'll choose. <laughs> but if you could give us a little bit of background about yourselves before we jump into this uh, conversation. Sure. Hi, I'm Jayant Swami. I, uh, I am Accenture's Chief Data Architect. You know, it's been an interesting journey into the space. Uh, you know, data, as you said, uh, it's the new oil and there are different monikers uh, that are right now going on. Uh, but really, if you think about it, it is in some ways uh, also the, the life of any many companies. And that's really very important, right? We think of it as the blood, you know, in any system. And it goes through the entire system, carries the uh, information. And that is then kept used to make, take actions at various parts. And that's what if you think of an enterprise. And today the enterprise is also getting much more broadly defined where companies are uh, accumulation of their data and the insights they get from it, not necessarily physical law. You know, earlier in the past, you would think of physical companies with four walls and what was owned by me. Today, it's a usually accumulation of the amount of data that I'm getting from places, the amount of insights I can get from it, I can act on it and do it. To give you an example, a company like Uber is essentially getting information from, you know, data from multiple places, acting on it, giving that information to, you know, to their rideshare drivers, mm -hmm. and then it's being acted upon by somebody else. They have become this platform of consolidation of data, and that intelligence that they get from that is tremendous. Knowing where, who wants what 
is a uh, great space to be. So, so data, I think, is um, as we've come down this journey, uh, one of the things that we realized was we understood that people need to action data. That was, I think, we all understood the need for analytics. And especially this became even more pronounced once the whole artificial intelligence part came in. Uh, and we knew that we needed data, we needed to feed data into AI for it to be successful. But we also realized that the volume or the scale at which data is growing is tremendous. Let me give some data points. It might help you a little bit, uh, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so today, globally, the amount of data in the world today is about 33 zettabytes. Wow. Right? So that's a, just a big number. Yeah. So, I don't even know how many zeros that is. It's a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> but then we are expecting by 2025, that number to go to 175. But that's not the, I think, if you think about it, the 33 that's today was only 14 a year and a half back. Oh, wow. So you see that curve is becoming like a hockey stick. Yeah. So the challenge now is this data is fine, but I think we're growing. But how are we going to manage it, grow it, and then actually take action on it? As long as 20 years back, I had that Excel spreadsheet and I could, you know, that was my dimension. That was the, all the data I had. It was very easy to understand. Today, it's a very different world. And I think that's where I think the challenge of data comes in and the opportunity, I think, uh, really more importantly, that's the opportunity as well. Wow. Uh, Namrata, if you could also just give us a little bit of your background and your take on this whole deluge of data sure. that we're in. So, um, I'm Namrata Maheshwari and I've been um, throughout of my career, been with Accenture, that's uh, over 15 years now. And uh, being a SOA, BPM or a Java architect, I have moved on to the data space and been about two to three years. And I, I still think there is so much in this space to conquer. So, I started my journey uh, being upscaled and, you know, started with, I, I used to think data is just about RDBMS. And, mm -hmm. you know, coming to this group, I understand there's so much more, so much to, you know, do. And uh, in particular, like Jan pointed out, you know, Uber's example, wherein there's so much of data being ingested. So my role entails uh, particularly uh, looking at how do I ensure the processing time reduces. So a lot of our clients that the problems that are facing is more around the long processing times. So that is where my focus is on uh, moving data to cloud to reduce the processing time and bring it to a day or a two. And that's what I primarily focus on. Wow, a day or a two, I would. Yeah. Uh, and that's and, the challenge. That's, that's the challenge we are faced with because the clients are looking for, you know, uh, instant insights. Yeah. While today they are getting those insights only after a week. And that's a big challenge for them. Wow. Wow. In fact, Jet, if you could add to that, just this whole concept of, you know, the sheer volume of data having increased in the world and of course contextualizing to individual businesses. What is the, you would say, state of the art today? Like where are we in terms of how we understand this space? Uh, what kind of methods are we using to further understand it? Uh, and that's very important. I think I think you hit on a very key point. Um, I think uh, Namrata touched on it. Uh, I think the point being this volume of data is increasing at a tremendous pace. That Pace is what we are struggling to keep up with. Um, so we need a different thinking now. Now, 20 years back when I was, you know, 20, 25 years back when I was starting my career, relatively it was a straightforward thing. I could, it was solvable by putting more humans and some minimal computing could uh, address it. It was relatively more straightforward computing. Mm -hmm. 
in this today's world where this is increasing, you know, every sensor, everything I touch is producing a data element. Yeah. My Fitbit is producing quite a bit of it, you know, and it's all getting captured. Then suddenly I want to find out how I'm doing against my, you know, my friends, my this, am I ahead? Am I, and not only that, I want to know it right now. Yeah. I don't want to wait till tomorrow morning, right? Yeah. I think so now this is just the user need to consume that information immediately puts has a certain expectation. Yeah. Now that translates back into a, what does, what do we need to do at the, at the back end at the technology end yeah. to make this happen? And it takes a lot of things, right? So, Namrata talked about cloud. So, one of the major things in the past was we would limit, companies would buy servers and servers hardware, and, yeah. hardware and stick it into there. That became, you know, over time, you could never keep buying enough to keep it there. And then welcome, you know, in comes cloud. And I don't need to manage it at every company. There's one company which only business is buying servers and doing that. Right. And they take care of that. So my ability to grow exponentially without worrying about that and worrying about my business. Yeah. I don't want to be in the data storage business, but I want to be in the business of be it getting cars, getting riders into cars, getting you know, people into hotel rooms, yeah. whatever it is, that's my business. Correct. You know, so I want to make sure that I have the data when I need it mm-hmm. to take actions when I need it. So my ability to access it where I need it, so cloud provides me this, you know, ability to, this elasticity mm-hmm. of growing mm-hmm. and getting both storage and compute on mm-hmm. demand, right? I think mm-hmm. that becomes a very huge thing. The other thing is automation. I think automation is a, you know, our ability to, we always think of AI from a perspective of, I want to move data to AI. I think it's the other way around as well. Given the size and like I said, you know, if you're going to deal with this volumes of data, I cannot throw enough bodies at it. Yeah. I have to bring the power of AI intelligence to the data. So then we are talking a different ability to understand this. If I've got call logs from everybody, my ability to understand whether there is something valuable in there and then understand how to act on it mm-hmm. is going to be very valuable. So data types have changed. Like I said earlier, it was just text. Today I've got audio, visual, uh, you know, video, uh, so many types of data. So now I'm, it's not just the amount, it's a type of data also. So amount of, um, and the expectation, my expectation is very different from my son's. Mm -hmm. See, my son suddenly wants everything. He thinks, you know, swiping on an iPad, the next page would automatically give him this uh, information, right? He doesn't necessarily understand what's behind what would take to implement it. But his expectation is that, yeah, you should, they should already be recommending the next slide when I swipe to the right (laughs) is automatically going to recommend the three other movies that I should be watching or something like that. And he he expects it not just in Netflix, he expects it in other things as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole user experience has changed from, Absolutely. you know, because it's so abundant, because Absolutely. people have set the bar so high. Uh, I think that's where the catch up of technology and processes and everything behind it is what's happening. Absolutely. And I think it is being led by experience, right? I think uh, really, I think that has been a big thing. And that's where I think uh, as we go, data driven experiences are huge. Mm-hmm. Data supports that. But the experience is critical. And then whatever you need to do, I think now you have the capabilities available, be it getting the data, getting it, the right data, let me not just say data, right? Data is a very broad term. Right. Getting the right data is a very different... Uh, it's a job in itself. In itself, right? And then making sure that we are able to act on it and then provide the right nugget for you to actually act on it. Right. Because bubbling that information down to the filtering it to the right level 
and to the right uh, context uh, becomes very critical. So let me ask you, uh, and maybe uh, Namrata, you can also chime in on what does Accenture do in this space? And could you, you know, give us some examples of actual implementations, right? I mean, how do you tackle this, uh, you know, huge amount of data and make sense of it? So uh, we've been uh, looking at, uh, you know, the different clients and what resonates is uh, the intelligent tools, the processes, innovative uh, delivery approach that we have to build, you know, the cloud native data platform. So it, it can process a huge volume of data. There's one a particular client which had a very similar problem that I talked about uh, with, you know, huge amount of data being ingested and they, they were on-premise and uh, the, their data warehouse was reaching the end of life. So a lot, huge problems there. And uh, they wanted a solution within the next six months because of the end of life. Now, here's where we stepped in. We analyzed how best we can give a solution, a quick solution. And using our intelligent accelerators, we were able to achieve all of this by building a modern data platform on the cloud. And uh, that we, we could bring up an analytic COE in less than six months, ingesting about 50 terabytes of data and reducing the cycle uh, time to less than 60%. So this this was a huge uh, win for us in terms of bringing in accelerators. Yeah, Jayanti, you want to add something? No, else? I think the real, uh, if you think about it from a little bit from a business lens, right? I think so they were, as uh, Namrata mentioned, they had a system which was on-prem, legacy. But now... That sounds fine, but uh, is, is my business getting what it wants? Mm-hmm. That in itself is not the problem, right? The problem that they were facing was for them to now roll out a new product. This was a pharma company and they wanted more data to come in. They wanted much more when clinical trials are happening. They wanted faster turnaround. Yeah. They now found for every small change, they had to wait six months. For a new product to roll out, they were wow. waiting six so now suddenly they said, I cannot afford to wait this long. Yeah. They are talking cycles. I want to know within days, weeks. I want to turn around on this information. So hence they were willing to buy. They said, we need a better solution. So I can turn around a clinical trial. I can get the feedback mm-hmm. from that. So so then is there an investment required in moving? Okay. There is change required in moving. But it is worth it because then their business is absolutely on board to then see that realization of that. Right. So our ability to see, you know, data in itself has got no, will not have value in mm-hmm. its atomic sense. Mm-hmm. But combined with the business process and the action it takes, it starts providing a business value. And towards an outcome. Towards which the an business. outcome, exactly. Yeah. And that's very important, right? And here's where I think if I'll add to what Namrata said, right? Uh, one is, we kept talking volume, right? There are two dimensions. One is a volume of data. Also, the second part is the quality of this data. Yeah. I think those are very important parts, right? Um, uh, even today, when you look at something, uh, do you trust something? You know, if I get something, first thing is, yeah, I see it. Second question that I have is, is it I, real? Is it real? Do I trust it? If yeah. I trust it, only will I act on it. Right. So then what gives me the level of trust? So my ability to create trust in the data set. Or second, I might get multiple versions of it. Mm-hmm. Which which version should I use? That's why this construct of right data comes in, right? Which is the right data for my context? What should I use? And that becomes a very important, this, what we call the veracity. So unless I know the veracity of this data, mm-hmm. I don't want to uh, use it or uh, because I could be making some really poor decisions uh, subsequently. And that's where we have seen a tremendous um, need for bringing this uh, learning uh, and the power of machines and machine learning to the to the entire data sets and learn about it. So to give you an example, right, for one of our clients, 
their client was uh, at a, you know, the latest uh, cool thing is to have a chatbot. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it's, uh, so they they said we want a chatbot too. So the president set up, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they got a chatbot in place. But uh, two weeks into it, uh, rather first day into it, they uh, actually shut it down because he asked for some information. It gave incorrect information. Oh, yeah. so then they we had to turn it around and um, we looked at it and then found there were multiple sources of it. The chatbot just picked up the first one and just gave him the information. It nobody sat down to look at the. As a chatbot, it worked yeah. perfectly fine. Right. But they need to go and rationalize the data underneath it right. to make sure that the right right data is being fed to the chatbot. Chat, yeah. And that became a, an opportunity in itself. Right. So I think so our ability to, A, discover this data. Mm-hmm. And then once we discover this large yeah. data set is to catalog it, of course. And then you rationalize it to your context. It becomes very critical. And that's where I think the power of uh, technology is tremendous right now. Right. So in terms of the, I mean, the more example from a more real world perspective, right? You mentioned a company you're solving this, the way you store data and the ability to access it. Then there is making sense of it and rationalizing it. What's the future of uh, this space? Like, obviously, we know there's a num the, the volumes are growing exponentially, complexity is growing, formats are growing. Where do you see, maybe if you could elaborate some challenges in terms of meeting customer expectations and what are the current challenges in the domain overall? So I think there are a couple, I'll come at it from a couple of perspectives. I think one is from an enterprise perspective and from a technology companies and cetera perspective, but also from an individual perspective, right? Especially as we move forward, um, I think data is taking on a bigger meaning in itself as individuals and uh, persons because uh, there is a, you know, there is our physical self and there is a digital self. Mm -hmm. Our digital self is represented by essentially data and how much of what we want to share, privacy, I think our identity, digital identity, I think a lot of that will get defined. I think we are relatively in the early stages of some of this. I think there'll be more maturity. I think we've seen the first set of these come in in terms of where the regulators are getting involved in it as well, right? We saw this in the European uh, GDPR regulation, which came out about a year back. That has had a tremendous impact. Now, several countries across the world, including India as well, is now you know yeah. taking steps to adopt some of this. So, so I think protection of this, I think as a future, as you go, data, its protection, its trust, I think is going to be very critical. Mm-hmm. We need policy. So, but it also means opportunity in terms of compliance in the past. If I was an enterprise, compliance in the past, regulatory compliance was more of a I need to do it now. It's a, it's a actually. Uh, if you don't do it, it's it actually can cause hurt to your business. Yeah, right. It can yeah. really be a physical. Actually, there is a there are uh, fiscal penalties on it, right? So the financial penalty, for instance, GDPR is up to four percent of your global revenues. Yeah, are, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. It can be, and you, you, if you pick up news articles, there are quite a few of them. We have been even in the last few weeks who've been penalized for this. So I think this is going to be a a tremendous. Um, I think area which we will have to focus, businesses will have to, they cannot just leave it to the um, storage servers, right? So mm-hmm. they have to own up to the fact that ignorance cannot be, they cannot feign ignorance right? Right. anymore. That's what the regulations now said, you should be aware. Right. And what that leads us to is, for instance, a media company, which you know we were working with in a Nordic-based media company, they're a conglomerate, right? They're across several hundred companies they've got, which they've grown by acquisitions. But when the GDPR came around, they had to go and mine all this data, figure it out. Now, if they were to do this manually, it would have been a tremendous challenge. But our ability to bring the power of technology and uh, AI and machine learning to their 
business units was they could now see a consolidated picture across their units, which was right. tremendous. So I think the future lies there. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we completely there? No. And I think as we go forward, what we're going to see is two things. One is, uh, as I said, one is this whole data as a personal thing. And second, as, as an enterprise, my ability to absorb this technology is going to be important. This absorption comes at a, for that you need uh, capability. Right. And capability, what we find is technology is happening, change is happening rapidly, you know, be it the cloud, be it AI, ML. This yeah. is not, you know, very old. Mm-hmm. The last five years, we've seen literally leaps and bounds of changes, right? right. So talent becomes our ability to, you know, get the right talent at the right place to do this right. and expertise to build that becomes very, very critical. But over the next 10 years, I see this is the area of tremendous growth, right? It's going to be the area of opportunity where every company wants to take, make use of their data and uh, information to take and then grow their business. But they want to be doing that. They have to enable their technologies. They have to be able to absorb these technologies. For that, they do need talent. And that's where I think talent is going to be the next, uh, you know, be it right from for the business, for the CEOs mm-hmm. to define the business strategy of how to absorb this technology, mm-hmm. to defining it for their industry, be it oil and gas, be it uh, retail, and right down to the technologists to build it, you know, whether it's the infrastructure, where the servers, clouds, how to right. set it up, how to move my data there, how to manage it, to the salespeople, to the, you know, they all need to be, they'll have different perspectives on it, but we need uh, you know, engineers and uh, architects who can now implement this as well. So this is going to be a full supply chain of, uh, t- you know, capability that we'll have to rotate people into. Right. In fact, that leads me to ask my next set of questions, which is exactly what are the careers sort of opening up in this space? And uh, I'll tell you my point of view, uh, like data traditionally, or when I say traditionally, I think just in the last so few years itself also was also a lot of the purview was, for the scientific sort of uh, person, right? We have this folks who are data scientists and they were always counterparts to their technology peers, assisting them with making sense of data and so on. And these were fairly uh, very academic folks, right? I mean, data scientists uh, are, I think, in, still in short supply. <laughs> I think everyone yeah, want, needs absolutely, one, absolutely. wants one. But given what you just said, that there's so much to do uh, in this entire uh, supply chain of, uh, you know, managing data. Uh, what are some practical career options today and in coming up in the future, which you can uh, talk about? So uh, what I foresee is um, architects and data engineers who have skills uh, across the different cloud platforms. That's something which is going to grow because a lot of customers are looking at uh, multi-cloud options. So if you know an AWS, you know Azure, you know Google, I, I think that's going to be a really uh, good skill to have. And the de- uh, when when I think of data engineers, the programmers are definitely going to be required. When I think about a cloud agnostic solution, the data pipeline itself built on different uh, cloud platforms, if I want to lift a data pipeline from one cloud platform and move it to another, I would definitely think of programmers with Python skills or Java, and they would they would still exist. So these these are the skills which definitely would uh, continue to grow. Do you, do you see like there's a layer of upskilling even in this where the, that whole the concept of a data scientist comes in? Like are each yeah. of these folks also required to understand data in a different way? 
definitely because if if i'm say if i come from a java background and as a java programmer i i did not play around with data as such i i did not uh, you know do data wrangling and so on but then if i am in the space of data and i want to cleanse data i need to find ways of how i would program this better to decrease the time of data wrangling because like jayant mentioned data veracity is a big challenge right now if there's so much of volume of data being ingested i i need to do it at speed so the development process right. has to be quick the execution has to be quick when i'm you know trying to uh, cleanse the data or you know trying to identify the veracity issues there so if you want to add to that right so i think um, the past what you know there were specialist roles for data scientists mm-hmm. i think we are getting, we are seeing now more nuances to it for instance you know in her role she's had to pick up machine learning and uh, this as well because it's no longer just the data scientist will do machine learning yeah right so she has had to pick up as from an engineering perspective to do machine learning in this now the data scientist has become more industry focused so if i was to say so, you know so on one side how to apply that to a, the statistical nuances around say an optimization for uh, a recommendation engine so the data scientist is starting to become more nuanced right uh, in that industry context as well so i think the industry and context is becoming very relevant in that mm-hmm. but then there's a bigger space around it i think the technology and this will be the large chunk of it because it's the just the amount of work required in this will be more so the definitely the engineering and the um scientist and data scientist end will be the larger uh, piece of it uh, but also there'll be the up application of it right how do you consume this mm-hmm. so that's the whole advisory strategy piece which is um, going to be needed. so the you know the traditional mbas of our this you know how do they as you know consume this data and then translate it into action mm-hmm. right i think that's going to be also as important so my ability to have this vision lay it out implement it and then you know then whatever is coming out of this these kind of newer systems my ability to action it these insights which are coming out yeah. action those and then implement that's where the business will start seeing the value so i think it's the entire what we used to see beat right from engineering to business to strategy you're going to see across that entire uh, spectrum you're going to see value even including for instance medical fields right today medical fields are having to there is remote mm-hmm. uh, remote med- yeah. remote healthcare which is happening so our ability to provide that what kind of information is required somebody's got to design it implement it and then and then somebody's going to still you still need a mechanism to you know convert that uh, insight into action Yeah. everything is becoming data driven in That's that sense right, right? every exactly. role is That's becoming data driven yeah, definitely i think it's uh, it's you're definitely leading with data i think in many yeah. cases i think so but the question becomes again you need the right data at the right time for it to be effective correct all right so just to uh, you know uh, give us a give the listeners also a little per- perspective of what you would recommend they uh, jump into if they want to career in this space some tips some potential upskilling that they should look at doing uh, across the board namsta you go first <laughs> <laughs> so um there's a lot of reading material available on uh, just google any of the terms like a lot of different new data warehouses have been coming up like snowflake splice machine 
which is uh, you 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 can start reading up on that upskilling is really easy because there's a lot of material available and within accenture what i've seen is the there's so much of leadership support around upskilling so we've been uh, doing a lot of upskilling around aws and all all of these uh, different areas in cloud as well so that's one uh, what i see and uh, apart from that i guess it's uh, you you need to be passionate about technology to be able to upskill because you need to be more open i i understand it's going to be a bit difficult at the beginning when you want to move from some uh, you know you you're used to a specific technology but when you want to move to a new zone, zone there's always this kind of fear will will i be successful or will i fail but then i think it it takes a bit of time to learn and there's a lot of material available so it's not that difficult there Yeah, I think uh, you just have to be open to change. I think uh, so. You know, when I started my career and then my career initially, I changed. I had to kind of upgrade myself once in five, four, five years. Mm-hmm. You know, I started as a C, C plus uh, plus programmer yeah. back in my day, and then Java and all those things. I right. think, but then I think in the last four, last ten years, that pace has become much. so. Every it became then every two to three years. Mm-hmm. Now you're, I think it's much more. Um, so I think, but it also means that I think our ability to just because there's a there's something new and flashy every six months, yeah, doesn't mean we you know we have to be aware of it, but also we need to be careful about how we absorb it, make sure that we're building depth in certain areas while being aware of certain things. I think building depth also in certain areas is very critical. Mm-hmm. You know, pick your area of this. Like there's there so many areas in this entire data value chain, right? So pick your area of this and go deep. I think uh, become an expert in that area, right? So if you're going to pick, say, Python, become an expert at Python. Right. If you're becoming, you know, in in terms of this, you're going to pick up, a, say, either some visualization uh, tools and techniques. Pick that and go deep into it, right? right. So, or you're picking uh, a machine learning, uh, just algorithms you're picking up. Go deep into it, right? Then you are getting into a area of integration becomes a huge data integration is a topic by itself. So I think areas of you'll find a tremendous area. Similarly, on the business side as well, our ability to interact with these things is also as important. Of course, my ability to bring understand say the procurement cycles and map it back into the underlying data sets. Are, I think so. There's a tremendous uh, uh, space, but our ability to know it mm-hmm. is what will differentiate us. Superb. Thank you so much, Jen Namrata. This was an amazing discussion. I think we have tried to make sense of this world of data uh, in these few minutes together. Thank you so much for this. Oh, thank you. This thank great. you. Right. Go data. Thank you so much, Jen and Namrata. That was a very interesting conversation. I think the real world examples and information about data that you both shared, of course, were really insightful. We covered a lot today, and starting with getting the right data. Accenture's role in this space, and of course, challenges faced in using of intelligent tools, data warehousing, what's next in the field of data, all the way till, of course, the career opportunities here that we have. So, thank you so much. It was really interesting, and I hope everyone listening obviously uh, also had a great time. And I'm hoping that along with this, a lot of people are inspired to take up a job in the space of data in their professional careers. To everyone else listening in, if you're excited about what we discussed here today, and if you're interested in exploring careers with Accenture, check out the open positions at careers.accenture.com. Next episode, we're talking quality engineering. Until then, I'm your host Shiladitya on Tech Careers in the New, the podcast series presented by Accenture. Hello, everybody. We have a brand new daily podcast we're working on with Bloomberg Quint. 
All You Need to Know provides the top news on business, markets, and the economy so that you can stay ahead of the curve. Tune in every morning on BloombergQuint.com, the IVM podcast app, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Advertising is dead. Yep, you heard me right. Advertising is dead. We're all in the content business now. Let's not call it news, TV, radio, etc, etc. It's all content and we're in the middle of this weirdly exciting phase where all the borders and lines that have been drawn over decades has been swept away by this lovely thing called the internet. We're a show where we don't dwell on just the stuff that is now, but rather the wider stuff about advertising, media, content and the whole goddamn circus surrounding it. Tune in every Tuesday for our weekly unboxing of the mystery box we used to call advertising. I'm Varun Dugirala, co-founder and content chief at The Glitch and this is my new podcast, Advertising is Dead. Advertising is Dead. 